and your pals are back with another installment and george is tearing apart the office studio what's up welcome back guys yeah welcome welcome returning guests returning pals thanks for uh sticking with us newcomers welcome i'm george butsalis and i'm ricky liordi this week to kick off your uh monday we had derek paquette jackson on the podcast Derek is a world-renowned dancer, and he has been in World of Dance Season 3, Cirque du Soleil, So You Think You Can Dance Season 12. He also stars in some Netflix projects, including Work It and Julian the Phantoms. He took us through his, uh, his early days, how he got into dance, and, and why he loves it so much, some cool stories. It was honestly a really, really enjoyable conversation. Yeah, he's a young guy, but he's also faced some adversity with some injuries and you know traveling on his own. But he's also seen a lot of the world and got to do some amazing things. So although he's still young and, and just kind of really starting his career, he's already accomplished so much. So Derek, thank you for coming on and for the great conversation. We'd like to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, Cottage Springs. Uh, they make some of the greatest vodka waters, vodka sodas out there. Uh, definitely check them out at your local LCBOs. Zero carbs, zero grams of sugar. Uh, we've said it on this podcast numerous times, some of the best drinks we've had. They just actually released a new raspberry lime vodka water and a new vodka lemonade. So check those out at your local LCBO or check them out online at Cottage Springs. That vodka water, by the way, is in like a four liter box or something. Yeah. That thing looks like a good time. Can't wait to bust that up for the cottage. Oh yeah. I want to give a shout out to RFP Design, our good friends and our pal Andrew Moretti. They were the they were gracious enough to donate or to get to get one to provide us with this this incredibly beautiful couch that has really uh, made our studio space and our and our online uh, video pop a lot more. They make custom furniture. They do custom beds, custom couches, custom chairs, custom dresses, anything you need for your house. Custom that they can they they can make it. Uh, Andrew is is not. He is a serial entrepreneur and one who will is not shy to take on any new uh, task or project. Nothing's too big or too small. They are one of the. They got to be one of the fastest growing custom manufacturers, custom furniture manufacturers in Canada. Um, shout out to them. Shout out to the team over there for making this amazing couch. Shout out to Andrew. Go check them out, guys. www.rfpdesign.com and let them know the pal sent you. And I guess last but certainly not least, give a shout out to Cast. Uh, our baby and the newest and hottest social voting platform. Also no social media, but we're trying to get away from that because we're trying to be a little more objective. And what we're trying to do is be the objective assembly of public opinion. How we do so is we remove the friction of participation in online conversations by allowing people to be honest, authentic, unique, objective, and just downright curious. We eliminate the social pressures. We eliminate the influence. We eliminate all of those things that would skew someone's opinion um, in order to deliver fully objective and transparent results to our users and let them think for themselves. Because at the end of the day, everyone should think for themselves. I think that's about it. Go to ta- go to joincast.co to download now. We are in beta, but the app is still fully functional and it's up and running. So get on there now to get your usernames and start casting today because it's about to blow up. My pal. LFG, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, this is Jordan's first time uh, 
handling the the tech side nice we brought jordan on a few months ago to help with like sponsorships mm -hmm. partnerships getting guests and she's been crushing it crushing it Great. she's oh. the one that got us some of our, our big partnerships which are amazing but she doesn't have the technical skill which is everything george does gotcha the, we're getting there yeah so <laughs> we're we're getting we're getting her there that's it get the hang of it how's it sound jordan you good yeah. all right Derek, well, welcome thanks for having me no problem thanks for joining us so, we, we've been trying to book this for a little while obviously yeah. you were traveling and i guess work's still busy for you which has got to be good yeah it's nice that uh the film industry didn't slow down yeah so yeah it's been nice what what projects were you working on I was out in Vancouver filming a new Apple Plus series called Schmegadoon, which okay. is kind of a funny name, yeah. but it's a musical comedy. Um, and then I got to come back home for a couple weeks, and then I flew back out to do a Netflix series um, called Scaredy Cats, which is like a children's show. And since then, I've just been back and working in Toronto. Is are all of you when you do these like these shows series? Are all of them in a like a a, a, a dance? role capacity do you do any like extra work do you do any actual acting like what is like what's your area of expertise i guess specifically mostly dancing right. um i have recently started singing which is very interesting um but for the t the apple tv show we had to okay. so it was uh part of the audition and that's what kind of threw me into it i've been meaning to do it for years but uh always been hesitant <laughs> and nervous so it kind of threw me right into it and it's crazy how in just a matter of like a few sessions of training with someone vocally, how much your voice it changes. Um, but I have a long way to go. <laughs> I, I wish you get Ricky some voice coach lessons. I love singing. Like I absolutely love it. In the shower, in the car. Singing, but. <laughs> I, loud talking with music in the background. Like Something I just like absolutely that. love it. But I am like just terrible. Just... I've got heart, I've got passion, and I sing my little heart out, and I'm just terrible. I'm so bad that my mom says I'm bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, mine did too. Well, yeah, so. Okay, so I guess there's still yeah, hope but, for yeah. you. Okay, let's put that in context. You're, like, if you're doing it on a, on a series, it's probably not that bad. I mean, <laughs> we'll see. My, my mom would be like, Ricky, don't even audition. Like, you, it's, not, it's not worth your time. Like, don't even bother. It's, and my mom supports everything I do. True. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so weird because it's just a muscle that you have to start working. It's, yeah. it's, that's why I suck. I don't train it. <laughs> exactly. But that's that's what I want to ask too. Like when you're, like it's a muscle of a train. So like even though everybody in theory can sing, anybody who can talk can yeah. in theory sing. To really become like hit those notes and all that stuff. You, I guess, is it like different like vocal work or you have to like do yeah. something with the muscle to hit those notes? And yeah, it's it's a bunch of vocal work, warming up, um, training the muscles to do what you want them to do, and over time they get stronger and i mean obviously if you're born with some natural talent that's going to help you but sure. it's i think everyone can sing how good or like <laughs> have a career in it that's different but i think everyone can be a good singer Fair. is it f safe to say dancing's your your number one bread and butter yeah. that's what you love the most but between acting and singing what do you like better uh s singing i don't really like acting which one are you better at singing okay probably do you when you first had to like when you first stepped into this like recently um i guess like anything new probably a little nervous but with your you know um, you've been on stage probably yeah. more times than you can count yeah um do you find that that helps a bit or were you still super nervous the first time you went out like or not whether it's in front of camera or whatever to sing yeah uh my first lesson was on zoom and the comfort of my own home which was definitely helped a lot because 
obviously going somewhere like you you start giving yourself anxiety on the drive over and all that kind of stuff so that was nice and it's definitely eased me into it a bit more my first audition I don't know there was something about it it's like I knew I was so bad in the beginning that like (laughs) I didn't really care and I was just like well let's just see where this goes because it was part of my audition and I ended up booking it and being like, well, they clearly didn't watch my singing tape because I'm with a bunch of Broadway stars, which is just wild. And obviously my dancing got me here. Um, So yeah, I I, I don't think I was very nervous, but yeah, maybe it's because I'm used to being on stage and performing in front of an audience. Yeah, fair. Uh, Me and Georgie had our kind of acting debuts, our commercial. I actually did before that. I actually did a, oh, yeah, you I did did a, a real, real oh, yeah. Listen, actually, you know what? I, this reminded me, let's take it back a step. This actually just segued perfectly because off camera, we were talking about how you uh, you worked with the director of High School Musical. Yeah. Now, I didn't do that, but I did star in a production of the High School Musical. Oh, okay. Um, Wait, I'm, what? Have I ever said this before? <laughs> no. I thought you were going to talk about Bud Light. No, no, no. I, before that, I've acted. I've actually been on stage, and it was actually at my sister's. I told you before this as well. My sister grew up as a dancer at Chambatillier. Yeah. When she did her final, like, guess, last year of high school, end of the year performance, the theme was High School Musical. Okay. And they needed extras. <laughs> so I played the role of Chad. Who's the black guy? Chad? With the, in the movie with the curly hair. Corbin Blue? Cor- maybe. Blue. Yeah. That's who I played, I believe. You, you played black. Like I played like the the character. I guess I was an extra <laughs> kind of thing. So they hired like actors to play the big roles. They hired actors and they hired. And then they asked me to play, and I I was sick. That's oh. my first acting, my first experience <laughs> well, at acting. And then second go. was the Bud Light commercial. And then I did Bud Light, which was, was pretty crazy. sick. Super Bowl commercial, pretty cool. Wow, that insane. was just lucky. Yeah, really lucky. I'm. Did you you know Chad? Chad yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why I played Chad. Um, I don't know how we got on this stuff. But segue from acting, like acting, yeah. yeah. So that was my first foray into acting. Then the commercial was easy. <laughs> easy. <laughs> no, it's terrifying. Honestly, it is terrifying. That's my, what like, you did, yeah. yeah. The, the hand I, up, thumb up. Or I, got, I, got, I ended up winning this Bud Light Living <clears> thing, <throat> um, and I was like on stage with these DJs at Digital Dreams in 2016. And then they did like, they had a bunch of a, different prizes for different people, and then they picked some of the winners that they thought were really like, I guess, personable right and they said hey we're shooting a super bowl spot do you want to be in it i was like okay cool i just That's thought i was gonna so stand sick. around yeah so i actually had lines in it like it was me and me uh and four three other winners uh, two guys and a girl and they're like yeah you have these lines you gotta rehearse you gotta do this and i was like oh wow. what the hell <laughs> so i did it and i was like okay it's gonna play like and like the first thing it played literally before Katy perry's halftime performance and i'm standing there watching this i was like my phone just starts blow exploding. That's it, insane. Yeah. That's it, the most watched of all time too. Well, it was yeah. because Bud Light tagged you in the video. I don't know how it worked, but I had, like, I, my phone died. That's it was insane. insane. Yeah. But this episode is not about me. We're talking about my acting because <laughs> that was a one and done 15 minutes of fame. We'll, we'll talk about just working with, with, you know, musicians and everything. You worked with Alicia Keys. Uh, who was the other one I saw? Alicia Keys, Jennifer Lopez. Well, Jennifer Lopez is more of the show, but yeah. what's it like working with them? They're two of the greatest female performers singers of all time yeah it i didn't work one-on-one with alicia keys actually she produced the movie okay. i was in um she was on set that day but it was more like we came in did our thing it was that one was a strange hire um i i got a a thing for my agent asking if i could choreograph for this new netflix film and i was like uh, of course i was in south africa at the time and was supposed to be there for three more weeks and cut my trip short so i flew all the way to south africa from i think i was in italy and spent four days there 
and flew home to do this. Um, and it was definitely Wait, worth so they it. just called you saying, hey, we need you tomorrow. It wasn't like that quick, but it was, yeah, it was like I definitely had to wow. rearrange everything. Um, it was definitely worth it. Um, but yeah, working on that was so much fun. And I got to work with my friend Alexis Shabel. And it was a really cool experience to choreograph in my first film. Um, and then working with Jennifer Lopez, I, I competed on her series, um, World of Dance, back three, two years ago, three years ago? I don't even know. Um, it aired two years ago, like now. Um, but I worked with her on that. And then after that, a girl on our season call, er, called, <laughs> named Briar Nolay, um, made it really far, which is one of me and my husband's closest friends. And she got the opportunity to open for JLo on tour for the It's My Party Tour. And she asked if me and Mitchell would choreograph her solos to open the show. So we got to work on three solos um, throughout the show, or one for a pre-show, one to open the show, and then one during the show, um, which was really crazy um, because I, I've never worked on that scale of a project of like live performing, um, especially with an artist. I don't work with many artists. Um, so that was really a really crazy experience. Did you get nervous when you're choreographing something? Just ask a similar thing. Yeah, like because again, J Lo's J Lo. Like it's you know freaking J Lo. Like that it's also live television production. Yeah, like, it's yeah. like Big massive, deal. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, for for World of Dance, I put a lot of pressure on myself because that was me performing and it was me and my partner's choreography. Um, and there was a long lead up to that, and it's just such a big platform, and yeah, millions are watching. Whereas. For the tour, um, my my partner did most of the choreography, and I was actually in New Zealand, I believe, at the time, touring with Cirque, and I was getting videos back and forth of her on stage rehearsing and figuring out staging, and I would be like in the middle of a show, like screenshot and be like, change this part to that part, move to that part of the stage, change this part, and I would send videos of myself, like in costume it was so funny um of like what i thought should be changed um so i was kind of the not final say person but i got to kind of change things critique and like build it to the final product um where yeah my partner did most of the legwork for that one which was took the pressure off of it nice. <laughs> so when you're doing something like this i mean obviously growing up a dancer your entire life like it comes i'm assuming comes second nature to you but does it become a little different on the choreography side? Like, is that like, I guess what I'm asking is, are you like naturally more comfortable, like just obviously being on stage or when you go to the choreographer, like, can you, are you someone who can visualize very well? Like what is your I guess, skill set in that regard? Yeah, it's, it definitely is a different skill set, but I, I've been choreographing since I was 16 and it's something I love so much and that's where I want to end up. I, I perform now because it's what I enjoy and it's, it's, what's going to get me to the further kind of place of choreographing TV and film directing. That's kind of where I want to end. Um, but I love performing and I love being on the dancer side and learning so much from like the greats of the industry. And yeah, I think it, it, it is difficult, especially when I, I'm still pretty young and I, I can be in a lot of projects that I do, but taking that step back to be on the other side is like really enjoyable. So right now, performing is more of your passion, and then you hope that down the road, producing, directing. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. What's the the average lifespan of a dancer? It depends. Not lifespan. For, sorry, yeah. career span. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Darn. Like, you got you guys both got what I said. Yeah. Lifespan. Yeah. Whoa. I know what you. We know what you. Yeah, no, I got it. I got it. <laughs> um, 
long it, day. It, yeah, yeah it, it depends, really. It depends what you're doing, um, and it depends on how well you take care of your body. I I would say, like, if like you can be on Broadway until you're, like, 50 or 60, if that's what you've done your whole life, because it's not... I don't want to say it's not taxing on your body, but it's less, depending on what show you're in and how heavy the dance track is in the show. But uh, I would say average people are really starting to stop performing in their late 30s to 40s. And that's when you either change to choreography or directing or producing um, or you go into teaching. Okay. And something like a musical on Broadway would be a a lot less taxing than something like Cirque du Soleil. That's probably the the peak of physical performance Pro- probably yeah I sorry, sorry i don't i just don't know anything about no dancing. no i dated a dancer actually in high school andrea lucchesi do you know her at all <laughs> no she was good i know how many dancers name. there are in the world <laughs> i know but she's from are you no you're not from here are you? i'm not from here but That's i live here from. now okay so she doesn't dance anymore unfortunately george's girlfriend was a dance is why is, is, is still yeah is. rebecca sneath okay oh my gosh she went to vlad's no yes yeah yeah so yeah, she was. Uh, wow, look at that! Yeah, you're. Uh, yeah, she asked who was coming to the episode. I mentioned that she mentioned you guys like know each other of each yeah. other. Yeah, shout out Bax. Shout out Bax. Yeah, and obviously like to her circles, I guess you guys kind of yeah. know each other. And then you maybe we're around the same age. I'm not sure, but my sister obviously Sean Boutillier, she danced with uh, Scott McCabe. Okay. Who yeah. Went, he went like, I mean, maybe we're a little bit older. I'm not sure. He went to like Juilliard stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but I do remember. Speaking of lads, the one thing I remember is when my sister was like coming up and like dance, she stopped kind of after high school, didn't pursue it further. Um, but I remember the name Vlad's because I remember when my <laughs> sister was like coming near the end, they had like they had the biggest like cohort of, of guys dancing, yeah. like the biggest studio. And the, I went to one one of her competitions once and these guys were insane. Like I was watching and like, man, this is like, I just couldn't, I didn't even understand it before because every time I've seen my sister dance, it's all like mostly in... Her school was a lot of like women dance or girls, I guess, yeah. at the time. And I remember seeing Vlad's. I'm like, this is the best school I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. That's how, that's how I knew about Vlad's. And it's all about pretty much all I know about them. But Yeah. they're. Yeah. I mean, it's an incredible studio. He's an incredible teacher and choreographer. He's the reason I'm actually in Toronto. Really? Look yeah. at that. He, I, he hired me to do a show when I was 17. And that's the night I met my husband. Come <laughs> wow. on. Yeah. Vlad that's is not so only a dance teacher, but he's also <laughs> a matchmaker. That is serendipitous. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty pretty crazy. So, okay, so so he hired you to come up for this show, and then you like came up, danced it or choreographed? I uh, danced in it, okay. yeah. And then just my, and- <laughs> my opposing lead in the show was Mitchell's best friend. And uh, so after okay. the show, we met. Wow. And then Look at that. The rest is history. <laughs> As they say, wow. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, random note, actually, do you know Tori Mahaffey? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, small Mitchell's actually like semi cousins with her. What a small! So that's my ex girlfriend's sister. Okay, and I know she's big. <laughs> what the hell is yeah. going I know on she's here. big in the dance yeah, community. She's and incredible. I, I would see her dancing, and again, I don't mean to sound ignorant, but I know nothing about dancing. Like absolutely, you nothing. honestly couldn't even dance if you tried. Yeah, you're no, pretty. You're pretty. Two left feet. <laughs> you, you put a couple of drinks in me, and I no, can. No, everyone can dance. Too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she's <laughs> bad. <laughs> You so, honestly you'd probably be all right. I'd be all right. So, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I watched some of her dancing, and she's very contemporary stuff. Yeah, right? which again, to me, I don't understand. Do you know that because she told you that? Or yeah, you, yeah. You know, I was gonna say I thought you like. No, no, I don't. I don't know what contemporary. <laughs> like, if you dance, Stop. if I don't understand, then I'm like, oh, that's contemporary. <laughs> Makes sense. It's like they're she's, moving and like, like slower. Yeah, yeah. story based. So I'm like, so I would see her. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and it was crazy. So and apparently she's you know super good. She yeah, still she's does incredible. it. Incredible. Yeah, so my ex-girlfriend is uh, her sister. 
Small oh, wow. world. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's Mitchell's cousin. <laughs> like, that's so <laughs> random. That is pretty random. I'm going I'm to message her after. This is a small world. But, uh, that's crazy. Anyways, back to about our like, stories. Yeah, yeah <laughs> six degrees of separation here. To, it's like two, two degrees of separation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, tell us. So, you met your husband when you were 17, dancing. Did you guys always dance together, or is he not a dancer? Um, he is a dancer. He has definitely moved on to the choreography directing role um he's 30 um and to him he thinks that's old uh as a dancer i guess we're 30 is no no as a dancer of course and i mean he started dancing really late too so um played a lot of catch up and then did a lot in his career and then now has just moved on i think choreography and directing is really what he loves to do he likes to be in control he doesn't really like people telling him what to do that's fair <laughs> um that's fair so yeah that's kind of the role he's taken on very cool um now like with your career progression obviously you started from a very young age to go back a little bit you're originally started as ballet um i originally started with everything kind of mostly acrobatics and um jazz contemporary that kind of stuff uh in a really small town in massachusetts um and then i progressed really quickly because i just loved it like i became weirdly obsessed with it and i always say like if you want to be good at anything become obsessed with it um and i by the time i was 15 or 16 i moved to Miami by myself um, with, and I was living with two studio owners um, and I was training about 10 hours every day. And then that At kind 15, of, 16? Yeah, until wow. I was 18. Jeez. So you knew right away, like that's what you want to do your entire life. Yeah. I dropped out of high school um, and everyone, I remember at the time when I was, I think I was 15, everyone, all my teachers at school, I was supposed to do homeschooling, didn't work. Um, <laughs> Every, all my teachers were like, what's your plan B? Like, what are you going to do? And I was, I, being a snotty little 15 year old, I was like, if I have a plan B in my head, plan A isn't going to work. So I respect the crap out of that because uh, yeah, you, if you have a fallback, you're not fully committed. You have a safety net. Yeah. And that's just how I've always kind of gone with it. And I mean, I'm so lucky to have the career I have and have to have done what I've done at such a young age. But, uh. Yeah, I think it just comes from like setting your mind to something. Was there a point ever when you hit, then you're like you, any adversity or uncertainty where you're like, it was a, you know, you're hitting a crossroads, let's say in your career and you thought, hmm, maybe now I wish I had a safety net. Uh, and if that did happen, are you like, how did you kind of push? Yeah, past? there's been a couple. Okay. Um, I got really burnt out after training like 60 hours a week um, in Miami for those years. And then pretty much right from that, I went on So You Think You Can Dance as an 18-year-old. And that's a journey of its own. And it's so taxing on your mind and body. Um, And then right after that, we went on a 70-city tour. Um, Sorry, 70? Yeah, across North America. And it was was so much. It was so much. And we would only be in a city for like a day, if that. Um, Tour buses are flying at night. And three meet and greets a day it was it was a lot and so right after that I took a huge step back and really focused in teaching and choreographing and didn't perform for like almost two years um so that was really interesting and then it almost made me miss it so much that when I did get back into it I appreciated it so much more um so I think taking that step back really helped because if not I don't think that I'd be performing still which is kind of crazy to think about Um, and then I actually, um, last year this time had my second hip surgery. 
Um, and I've now, I've gone on, or I've undergone two, I'm supposed to do five in total. Wow. Um, and just from like overtraining, overuse and incorrect training from when I lived in Miami, um, that has like created health problems with being able to walk, sit, like that's where I was having issues. It wasn't necessarily when I was dancing. Um, so <laughs> going through that and that recovery process, yeah, maybe it would have been great to have a fallback during that, but I think I was in a really good place in my career that I do have teaching and choreo- choreography to fall back on, um, as well as like a, like a business I own. So it's, it's, there's, there was lots to do still, but yeah, maybe I, it's funny. I think back to it now, like I wish I finished high school for sure. Um, but I don't regret anything. Yeah, like if you maybe you did pursue it, you don't end up where yeah. you are, right? Because everything kind of led you exactly. to this point. Yeah, that's pretty. That's honestly really cool. That's kind of a daunting thing to think about. Like at that age, um, like I mean, Ricky and I in, in our kind of entrepreneurial side of things have have done similar things. That kind of leapt into in, into kind of unknown, I guess, space that we're in. Never been in that circumstance. Like the closest thing I can relate to is like I know that my dad always tells me, you know. I, Whenever I tell him I did something great, he's like, yeah, at 17, I moved to a country, didn't know anybody and right. stuff like that. So, and <laughs> I can, honestly, I can never picture that, but even like to hear your story of like, just like saying, screw it, I'm going to do this. Like yeah. pretty, pretty commendable, pretty crazy. But honestly, I mean, it clearly worked out. So very uh, cool. I want to focus in on this, these hip surgeries. So you, again, you're, you're not old at all. You're probably younger than we are. I'm, I'm almost certain of that. <laughs> and you've had two out of five hip surgeries. Yeah. So. Are they major surgeries, minor? Because you're obviously in good shape and your body is your tool almost for yeah. half, for let's say half of your job. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like, t- tell us all about it, actually. Yeah. My mom just had double hip surgery. Oh, wow. I'm, And she, she's also like 60. Not right. like 60. She is 60. Shout right. out, mom. <laughs> um, but, you know, you, you don't hear hip surgeries in young people. Yeah, no. Um, I'm 24. So you're definitely, yeah, much younger than us. <laughs> um, so... It all started like kind of when I was 16, 17, training as much as I was. Um, And I started getting pain when I was laying in bed or walking down the street or just like sitting parallel um, instead of being like kind of open with my knees and hips. And it got to the point where I, I had to see a doctor and they basically told me at the age of 18, like, you need both your hips completely replaced. And I did not like that answer. So I ignored them <laughs> um, and, and, and went through the pain and, and dealt with it for several years and then kind of took those two years off. So it wasn't really bothering me too much. Um, and then I started touring with Cirque again or for the first time and the pain really started to come back. And I mean, doing anywhere from 10 to 12 shows a week, obviously that's going to happen. Um, so I, they hooked me up with some of the best surgeons and, um, medical people all over the world, which was pretty incredible. Um, and I got to meet with a bunch of people and the answer I was getting was, um, just that both my hips needed to be replaced. That's all anyone kept telling me. And I was like, I'm 21. That means I'd need one at 21, 41, 61, 81, like redoing them over and over again. Oh, they la- so I have to redo 20 every years? 20 years? Yeah, Did pretty much. Wow. Um, That's why they usually try and get you to hold off as long as you yeah. can. So you don't Jeez. need them as much. Yeah. And then I finally came across the surgeon in London. I flew, I flew from Spain to London to meet with him. And he was working with another Cirque artist at the time. And he does a surgery called 
PAO. Don't ask me what that stands <laughs> for. It's like very long medical terms yeah. osteotomy of some sort bone surgery um and he said i want to preserve your hips rather than replace them and the way he was and the way he like talked to me so calmly and like try like most doctors were so blunt and like trying to almost scare me into surgery which was so strange and i finally came across this like incredible surgeon who is like leading in the hip industry um, for like new surgeries. And he's always do he like, it's crazy what this man does. His name is Professor Damian Griffin. And um, I, I decided pretty much that night that I was gonna go forward with him. Um, so my first surgery was just a, a hypothroscopy, which is they went in, reattached my labrum, cleared out some cysts that were in there and then resurfaced some cartilage. Um, and the recovery, a lot of dancers have issues with that. Um, so that was a pretty generic surgery, nothing too big with that. And it was supposed to be anywhere from a four to six month recovery. After four months, I went into surgery two on the same hip because I had to, they had to basically cut through my pelvic bone. Sorry, is this after the two year hiatus from performing? Yeah, this was last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, and they, after I think four, three or four months, I went back to London and he cut through my pelvic bone, rotated my whole pelvic, uh, my whole hip joint, um, so that my like socket fit over my ball more of my hip. Um, because basically I had pushed my hip and socket so far that, and I was like rubbing against the side of the bone that basically I was like chipping away at the bone. Um, on top of all like the ligament and tendon issues. So he basically reorientated my hip, put three screws in it, and it was supposed to be a six to 18 month recovery. It's a big gap, especially and, at 24, yeah. or 22, 23. Yeah, and in four and a half months I was medically cleared because of how crazy I went with physiotherapy. Holy wow, shit. That's insane. Yeah, it was. It, they're doing studies like my surgeon and my physiotherapist on how and why I recovered that fast, because it, this is a generally new surgery, the PAO, um, especially in North America. Like you can't really find. You're just starting to find surgeons that are willing to do it because it's quite dangerous and it, it's so new to the medical world. Um, maybe not now, but then it was and. Uh, so yeah, they just they were completely blown away by how fast I was cleared, and then I think two months after that, I booked that Vancouver uh, Apple TV show and was fully back dancing. It's got to be a bittersweet moment too, right? You're like, yeah. I'm fully healed, even though you're only 22, 23 at the time. You know, you've just gone through a bunch of hip surgeries, but you're back on your feet. You're back at the top. Like, it's yeah. got to be a good feeling. Yeah, absolutely. It was crazy. It was such a crazy experience. I mean to relearn how to walk and to like the luxury of like going to the bathroom by yourself. Like it's so wild to yeah. <laughs> as like silly as that sounds. It's like, I've never, I'm, I've always been such a physically strong person to not be able to like sit up without passing out was pretty, um, humbling for sure. <laughs> did it, uh, did it, you said relearning how to walk. Did it alter how you approach dance? Did it, did it change your form? Did, yeah. Did, are you like limited in what you can do? Or are you back to like fully, uh, to your same capabilities you were before? Not same capabilities as before, but pretty much. Um, because of the way my hip is orientated now, my left leg doesn't go as far. 
Um, but it, yeah, I mean, I'm still more flexible than like 90% of male dancers, but it's, it, it definitely is more restricted. And do you have to be a little more cautious now going forward and like continue to do physio for the rest of your career or at a certain point, are they, like you said, you're cleared. Do then they, do they say then like, okay, you're good now. Your, your hips kind of healing itself or how does that happen? right now it's like maintenance to keep it up and like keep it in the proper shape it needs to be and i definitely i have reservations with some stuff i remember being on on the show in vancouver and the choreographer asked like can anyone do this and i raised my hand i was like oh yeah that's easy and then i thought back to myself within five minutes wait that's gonna be on a 16 hour shoot day and i'm gonna have to do it probably 20 times in a row like my body's not gonna handle that really well so i had to go over to him and be like I don't know why I just said I could do that. Like, and <laughs> he, check yourself. Yeah. I was like, I just like, obviously like six months ago, if you asked me, I would have been completely fine. But now that I've had this and he was like, Oh my gosh, don't worry. Like he was the best choreographer I've ever worked for. Um, so it, it is like, it's, it's weird that I have to like take a step back and be like, wait, what is worth it? And like, what's worth putting my body through? Do you think, uh, do you think that's where you are now in your career as well from like a mental state? Because, you know, you're still young, but you've been in this doing this for so long. I mean, I'm guessing you probably like in like dance years, you're like a veteran uh, in the industry, I guess, <laughs> if that's fair to assume. Do you think now because you're like a bit more experienced and you your health, I guess, becomes more a priority, you went back to him and said, hey, you know, I need to take a step back. If you were younger, would you have taken the same approach or were you just like jumping at every opportunity back then? I think, yeah, I think if I was younger, it'd be different. I think I would have jumped at it no problem and just done it even like even six months prior. Um, whereas like, yeah, now my body's first and saving your body as a dancer is like number one. And people always say that, but no one actually implements that. Um, even choreographers, it's strange. Um, whereas like this choreographer in particular was like, I'm so happy you told me that and so happy you're not gonna put your body through that. Like, thank you. Because I would hate to see like something bad happen. I wish people told me that. Like my, I, I mean, Wait, told you that or what? Like I should take better care of my body in terms of stress. I guess people do tell you, but like really put more emphasis. Yeah, on absolutely. I was a goalie growing up in hockey. My, I'm 30. Like I'm, I, I'm in relatively good shape and my knees are a disaster. Really? Like absolute disaster. My ankles hurt. My knees are just mangled. Then it's my own fault because I'm like, oh, like, in my head, I'm still 25 right. and I'm still in the best shape of my life and I can just ski for eight hours in a day, no problem, <laughs> and no stretch, no warm up, no cool down. Let's just go. Let's rock right. and roll. But nope. And we've told this on yeah, the Yeah, I was just going to say the biggest we, mistake we you made. We ran a marathon. And uh, I didn't train for it. But I'm in my head, I'm like, you know, I'm mentally tough. And right. I'm in mediocre shape. Rick's the kind of friend that if you like, so to be clear, I was going to run a marathon. It got canceled because of COVID. And then I was like, I still feel my obligation to run it. Right. Rick's like, okay, you need support. I'll come run it with you. Rick's that kind of friend. Like anything that seems fun, I'm a good hard, <laughs> he'll just throw, he'll be like, yeah, what's the worst that happens? Now nah, you can get well, that. What's that the worst was, that happens? I'm, I got bum ass knees now. But, barely walk up the stairs. Yeah, no, honestly, like I move like an old person. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's ter terrifying. But it's also funny because I still, I'm, not, I'm the type where it, it's hurt, it hurts. I'm in discomfort, but I'll still work out every day. Yeah. Because I mean, it's just, that's who I am. And yeah. Until I literally can't, physically can't do it, I'm going to do it. Maybe, maybe see a physio or a doctor. Well, no, I got my x rays. I've got my x rays. Before that booked. happens. Actually, my, you know what? My doctor was good, similar to what you said. My uh, when I called my doctor, I was like, "Hey, I need an MRI," and he goes, "Look, I'm not going to book you an MRI because if you have even the slightest tear, they're going to say surgery instantly." Right. 
that's their first that's their first inclination well he's like go get an x-ray go get um an ultrasound and then maybe we can try and work around it with physio you right. know and, and play with it because again nobody wants to do surgery no <laughs> I, was, I was supposed to have surgery on my right shoulder three years ago now and i said i'm not doing it i'm just not gonna play baseball for the rest of my life right give a give up a sport that i like i don't love it i can do without it right for the sake of not having surgery and that's it but yeah i'm 30 years old and literally falling apart it's terrible this is why i don't work out Stay, keeps keep me healthy that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> no it's true right a lot of like um the part of it, it there probably could be a multitude of reasons right and i'm not going to make assumptions on people but it could be obviously you know um naturally you think like you know lift weights to get in shape or just run again so there's all those like traditional ways people i guess the don't put as much emphasis on like types uh like stretching physiotherapy yeah, so all of true. those sort of things right because you know it's the recovery yeah. yeah like the recovery aspect of it um and i even see like online there's like you know whether you see f uh, fitness influencers whether it's on youtube whatever like a lot of them now start preaching the importance of, of stretching rather than lifting heavy weights and, yeah. and that sort of stuff um and i don't want to assume a lot of it is like is ego per se but a lot of it's when you're growing up when you're younger it's you know maybe even in the dance world this is an, uh, not making any assumptions but you know you want to be the best at something or you want to look the best or feel the best like you're going to push yourself yeah. and then the, the recovery is not a priority you're, you're young and oh, resilient yeah, no. yeah. you're invincible and yeah. then everyone you turn thinks they are 18 yeah. years old he doesn't need hip surgery yeah. I was like about? oh I'm fine <laughs> I can push through just feel like crying every time like you're dancing all the pain yeah. and everything yeah it's like, I'm, I'm okay <laughs> I'm okay <laughs> do you know the meme with the uh, the little kid where it's like do you miss your mommy no oh yeah <laughs> <He> starts crying <laughs> his mommy, literally one of my favorites. yeah that's pretty yeah, yeah that was me at the time <laughs> <laughs> well you also said though that you you had two of five like you yeah. need to get so you do need to get three more even despite the ones you've had that have gone success successfully yeah so i did two on the left and basically we'll have to do two on the right um I'm postponing those. Those were pretty much supposed to happen right away, but I flew home March 11th of last year after recovering for seven weeks over there and uh, went or came home two days before the pandemic like really got serious. Um, and I was planning to do my next two surgeries in the fall, like last fall. Um, and I feel great right now. My right hip isn't bothering me as much because... One, I'm not dancing as much. Like, I'm not doing a, a heavy show right now. And I am taking care of my body. And my left hip is so restricted that my right can't go as far as it used to. So right now, it's okay. I know it won't be like that forever. So I've basically given or got given the okay that it's like I can do it as long as I can tolerate the pain. I'm not going to do too much damage. And if I do start to, like, I'll really notice uh, pain level wise. So right now I'm just postponing the next two on my right hip until it's really necessary. Um, or I have like a big six to eight month period off, which hopefully is never. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's just, and then the last surgery is taking all the hardware out because I, now that my hip is, my bones grew back together, they can take them out. It's just, I don't want to go through six surgeries. I'd rather just in the last surgery, take them all out. All at once. That's yeah. fair. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'm going to transition off sure. the surgeries more to Cirque du Soleil. Mm -hmm. uh, that's got to be the kind of pinnacle of dancing world. Or is it more touring with musicians? What, what is the pinnacle of dancing? It's so hard. Like, it's the, it's the, the Olympics or the NHL or the major leagues of dancing? There isn't. There really isn't. I think it's all that's like relative. Like yeah, right? it's all relative. Like some people could say dancing for Beyonce, but for me, that'll never be an option. So I won't like, that's not something I would ever strive for even, even though she's like 
the queen of everything. Like I'm obsessed with her. It's just not something that I even see myself doing. Um, just not your style? Or? It, it's not even that it's not my style. It's just even demographic of the dancer she's hired in the past and my style of dance, like that isn't my style of expertise. So that's just not even something I really would audition for. Um, but a lot of people that would be like number one or competing on a TV show, which I don't think should be anyone's highest mark, but um, <laughs> like s- stuff like that, yeah, like dance for, for an artist, Cirque du Soleil. A lot of dancers think that's really great. And a lot of dancers are like, I don't want to be with a circus. Um, it's not really a circus. Like it's Cirque du Soleil. Right. Like, but people don't really see that as dancers. Really? Like dancers are a little bit iffy with that. Because a, a lot of bit, times like highbrow like, high kind of thing. Towards yeah. It. Because it's, I think because it is so circus based and some people haven't seen a Cirque show, which like, I don't know how you live on planet earth and haven't seen a Cirque show, but, uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. They're like, think dancing in those shows would be kind of silly. And I'm like, I, I got to play a main character in a show and it was on stage for two and a half hours. And it was wow. the hardest thing I've ever had to do, but like the most rewarding as well. Is that be, is it the hardest in terms of the um, the difficulty of the dancing aspect or the choreography and how many places you have to go to and, and like what makes it so difficult being the lead um, or a lead I guess yeah so I think what made it most difficult wasn't the dancing it was you basically have to tell a story for two and a half hours stay in character and never speak that's what I was just gonna ask. Yeah, so I had I had one <laughs> vocal one vocal cue, and it was to laugh evilly, like have a big evil. Why, laugh. Were you a bad guy? You were the villain. I like play with duality of like good and evil, and male and female, and it it's a very it, the character is called the trickster, and it's he leads uh, the innocent, which is the character's name, um, through the journey of. <laughs> life basically to open his eyes to the world of color the whole show starts in black and white and then very wizard of ozzy um i like bring him into the magical world of kuza which is what's the called or the show is called and kind of show him experience of like young love old love um the underworld somehow we get into and then like it, it kind of the evil laugh, yeah eh? yeah it comes <laughs> it comes all over and i have magical powers and it, it was really cool to get all that in there but mentally I think was the hardest in the acting and staying in a character that can be sometimes dark for two and a half hours in a night and sometimes twice a day or more than that if I have interviews or something before that so it it, I think mentally was the hardest and then physically the show wasn't really choreographed per se for my part it was I choreographed a, a track for myself that I kind of used inspiration from old tricksters um my staging had to be the same the i mean somewhat the same and then my acting moments with my characters had to be the same Uh, but everything else i could freestyle every night if i wanted um so if i was feeling tired or if i was sore or something there was definitely nights i did an easier track which still was very hard uh because if not i got bored so it was just yeah, I, I, mentally more than anything was really difficult. I, I got two questions. First, I have two questions. Damn you. Okay, okay, we'll do one. <laughs> one and one. <laughs> if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Um, I think to teleport. Teleport? Yeah. I would just, you ask me, yeah. I would probably say the same thing. Teleport. Same on flights. I want to travel so bad right now. Yeah. 
that's actually one thing we got to get into after because I'm sure you've been everywhere. Um, the question I wanted to ask uh, is, it's not really a question. It's more so to, there's, yeah. Go ahead, Jordan. The one that uh, <laughs> that you said you could like, you could improvise a little bit. I find that so fascinating with, with dance is that like, I guess to your point, like if you aren't feeling it, you can improvise. Nobody would know the difference unless they've seen both and memorized yeah. everything about it. But that's so interesting as well that you could just like on the spot more or less make something up yeah. and it is not just like passable. It's like, it just looks like it's part of the show. Right. And I always found that very interesting with dance is like most other things you can't just like, you know, in, in sports, let's per se, you can't script the play or when you're acting, right. you can't just change it every night right. like a Broadway, you know, mm -hmm. I guess a Broadway performance. That's so fascinating about dance and, I guess what my question on that is like, was there ever a point when you were like, when you kind of lose rhythm or lose, uh, lose what you're doing? Oh, or is it just, moment. does it just go like, it just, <laughs> yeah, it happens. I mean, there was, there was nights that we would do silly things as well. And I mean, we like, if, if we were, I don't know if I could tell my partner was down for say the night or wasn't feeling the best, like you try and make them laugh on stage. And like th those moments keep it really, really fun and interesting. And, can screw you up like there's many times where he could tell i was having an off day and he would fall flat on his face to try and make me laugh and break character so there those were kind of the oh fuck moments yeah. um, <laughs> it was like doing it on purpose though um obviously with never trying to hinder the show but keeping it fresh for us i don't think oh you know what i there was a few oh fuck moments um <laughs> so there was it was a technical issue so in the beginning of the sh beginning of the show um i come out in a red box that's wrapped in um like a package and basically i don't know if you've ever seen it for us it was called oh sorry <laughs> um for Good us job, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> for us it was called the box launch and basically i shot like a story into the air off the stage costume changed and literally shot i would say at least 10 feet in the air and then had to land in front of the box so there's so many technical things in the first five minutes of the show that could go wrong and sometimes they all went wrong um and when you're when you have a spring loaded machine that's launching you into the air that's like not something to really play around with or like not like you could get there have been very bad incidences with it um and there was one night where there's like all these safety protocols and whatnot and i there was a malfunction whatever there was a malfunction with the box launched me too early i fell this is the opening of the show too right so it's it, it was pretty embarrassing um and i literally fall on to my hands and feet like in a push-up and then there's like this huge accent in the music that they're supposed to wait for me because it's a live band um but they didn't notice i guess maybe that i was on the floor um and yeah so that accent went off and i was like it's supposed to be like the fiercest like most insane moment of the show and i'm just on the floor like <laughs> well this is freaking awkward <laughs> And I was so flustered that right after that, there's an appearing wand that comes from thin air. Um, and it's spring-loaded. And I'm not joking. Like, I mean, it's gross. My hands are, like, sweaty at all times. <laughs> Hypohydrosis, it's disgusting. Um, but it's, like, kind of a metallic-y, like, slippery 
mechanic thing. Um, and it's, it, like I said, spring-loaded. I'm supposed to throw it and catch it, but it, I threw it and it went into the audience. So then I had to, so now have I fallen on my face. I now have shot the wand into the audience and have to go down into the audience to get it. So now I'm already like put the show five minutes behind, which is a lot. And uh, then luckily the rest of the show went on, but I got off stage and I, there was a, there's a moment after that opening sequence where I do get to go off stage for like five minutes. And when I tell you I bit a few people's head off, I, I definitely did. Um, because it, it, all in all, it's, it's really funny to look back at now and like laugh about it. But in the moment it was quite dangerous. Um, but yeah, that's, I that's, apologized for yeah, that, people's that's, heads yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, the thing is too, that actually kind of leads to my second question of like how, like on the choreogra- choreography side of a Cirque du Soleil like, so I've seen one, I think for the first time I went in that Vegas. That was my second question. Yeah, in Vegas uh, in 2006, 2018, uh, I saw, I think, oh, at the Bellagio. Yeah. And Which I was one's oh? With the water. Yeah. The water, okay craziest thing i've ever seen i was yeah. watching i was like that and shows it was, magical yeah it was when the raptors were playing in the playoffs i i like i knew they were playing and i left like two minutes before the show ended but i'm watching this show like i was so mesmerized but then I'm, the, the first thought in my head is like how on earth is this all choreographed like is it done by one person per section is it one person like is there a master choreographer that brings it all together that's what i wanted to ask more about but then i guess the, the second follow up to that is like when something does go wrong like that do they put checks in place where like you know you said you went off stage for five minutes is that planned to like if something goes wrong there's little almost like gaps or i don't know if those are really choreographed in the show for that um it in the instance that something does go seriously wrong we have show stops and we stop the whole show and it's can be quite awkward (laughs) um i there there was one time for instance that it was really difficult and actually has been difficult for me to talk about before, but now I think I'm fine. Um, <laughs> has his eyes water up. I'm, I'm fine. The little um, kid. Yeah. I don't miss my mom. What yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> um, basically, my job, if something bad was to happen and it wasn't to me, my job was to distract the audience, um, which when you see one of your closest friends come to like a near-death experience, um, it's really hard to keep a smile on your face. And there was one time where there's a part in the show where it's like a giant teeterboard um, or like a seesaw. And he comes out on stilts that are steel that 20 pounds each walks out on stilts and then goes on the base what seesaw and then does a double backflip and lands back on the stilts. Um, and he landed over like over rotated and landed basically on his upper back and neck and didn't really move for a few seconds. Um, and in that instance, you shouldn't move. You need to make sure like, and no one can touch you because God forbid Necklace you broke up. your spine or something and it could be worse. So I literally saw that happen. I'm not even from me to you. And that happened right next to me. Yeah, six feet. And uh, I instantly burst, like just tears are going down my face, but I have the biggest smile on my face because I'm trying to distract an audience of 2,500 people to not look at what just happened. And then all of a sudden all the lights came on and we had a full show stop. And I mean, that was insane. Um, But that's just like an instance of what can happen in a show. I would say 
out of 10 shows in a week, there's probably five mistakes that are like injury based. How many of them are show stops out of like a hundred? I only had two show stops. Okay. So it's not common in 215 shows. Oh yeah. Holy shit. 1% of shows. Yeah. Yeah. Still. So that's scary though. And then that, that is crazy. And I can't even imagine that's like, it's got to like, yeah. Seen that? Cause like a lot of these things are like, that's the thing with circle. They're, so over the top mm-hmm. you're flying so high in the air i watch people i'm like going so fast how is this even possible like people yeah. just flying on trapeze and then like, spring, like the springboards too you see you know two guys jumping up and down just yeah. like doing backflips and somersaults landing in the same spot um but i guess that also ties into the question i asked earlier like how like who choreographs these things how is hey, bro you're like four questions now. <laughs> i'm fascinated by this <laughs> yeah like mine too. i mean it's it's Every show is different. There's, I think, at the time before COVID, there was 30 shows touring or in Vegas or in a residency. And there's one in Germany, one in Mexico. Um, and every show creation is different. You're basically assigned an artistic director and an assistant um, to every show, but they're not the ones that created the show usually. Um, and their job is basically to maintain the show and make sure integrate new artists and deal with artists on like a public <laughs> relations basis. Um, and it, I mean, I've never been a part of a show creation, but from what I've heard and creating new acts, it's the artists more than anything coming up. They come to Cirque with an act or they build it with a choreographer if they need one. Um that's just hired but i don't think i don't know to my knowledge that like one choreographer has done an entire show okay okay. it's like the special the act or the the person comes with their act and you layer it with music and you work with people maybe in montreal but it's not it's not necessarily one person doing all the work is is it based out of montreal Mm -hmm. yeah founded in montreal based in montreal they sold for like a billion something recently too yeah i forget who bought jay you gotta look this up I think I remember recently seeing that they sold um, Daniel Lamar. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And they I sold to a company that's like European, maybe or uh, China. No, Chinese. Cirque du Soleil like sells whatever. Anyways, they sold. Yeah. Anyways, they, it was yeah. Stuff founded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. It's crazy. Gila Liberté. That's it. Owned it and created it. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I on it, yeah, it's wild. And honestly, anyone who hasn't been, I mean, obviously can't go now. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes back, like it, it's exciting. so. You said you watched O. I've seen two now. I saw O and I saw another one in Vegas. <laughs> I actually went to one. I was there on a work trip. I went by myself, so I saw O with like my sister brother um, when we were down there, and uh, and then I was back for a work conference, and I was like, I got, I think that like I had this like whatever deal that I got because I was staying there. Fosan? I didn't even know Chinese that. company, yeah. Yeah. And they sold for like a billion? Well, they, they did 20% stake and then San Francisco-based private equity firm on the majority. Oh, interesting. I didn't I know any of that. Yeah. Surprise. They did sell for 1.6 billion like a couple years ago. That's the, yeah, that's the oh, number. I remember seeing it. I was like, billion. that's wild. Either Imagine that, thinking about that. Like you, the circus back in the yeah. day was like a traveling circus, yeah. like a mockery. It was street performance. Yeah. And then a guy took it, revolutionized it and made it like a, an art form yeah. essentially. And became a billionaire as a result of it. So you've seen two. Sorry, seen two. Yeah, I can't remember the second one, but prior to joining, how many had you seen? He's like fifty. Zero. I've seen a lot. Okay. Um Salt and Banco was my first. I saw Kidam, Ka, O, like four or five times. Um, Mister, I've seen a couple times. 
Um, I'm missing a bunch. I've probably seen 12 shows, I would say, and seen them multiple times. So, I, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You're a Cirque gonna, vet. Yeah. I was going to ask that. Like, Were you, before you went and became part of it, You were, were you a fan of it before, like just really, and did you know you wanted to like kind of jump into that world at some point? Yeah, I, I saw my first Cirque show, I think, when I was 13. Um, and... I my whole career was kind of based around doing So You Think You Can Dance and Cirque du Soleil. That's what I really trained for. Um, and when I was 18, I did So You Think, and when I was 19, I did Cirque. Um, so everything. So you made it to your big leagues. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was pretty insane. It was it, it was really rewarding to like work for something you're pretty much whole life that you know and achieve it so young and everything since has just been like icing on the cake <laughs> that's awesome when you're taking that leap at like 15 16 years old you thought you were gonna do that but yeah. then once you do it it's gotta feel pretty yeah good i would have never expected to achieve those so young like yeah. I, I i wish i was older because i think i would have appreciated things more um not that i didn't i absolutely did the whole time but it's I look back on some of those memories. I'm like, oh, I wish I was doing that now. Like it'd be it'd be so different because I'm just in such a different mindset. It kind of when you're young, things kind of just fly by. You're mm -hmm. just so happy to be there. Oh, you're yeah. like not being as like selective. You're just more to everything that comes out. You're like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Let me do everything, and it just kind of goes. Yeah. yeah. The Olympics. Yeah. 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 We had Patrick Chan, the Canadian figure skater, on recently, and he was talking about the same thing. He said like he talked about this story when he was in competing uh, in the Winter Olympics in Canada. It was his first Olympics and he was super young and he was like a, you know, um, I guess like a super talent yeah. at that time and he said it went by like this and like had it happened when he was older, he would have appreciated it yeah, more. But absolutely. I guess that naturally happens with everybody, right? You look back and you think like, had I known what I know now? Yeah, exactly. And it's so easy in hindsight but still achieving that at that age has got to be, it's got to yeah, feel pretty, pretty special. I want to uh, ask about travel. Obviously, you've traveled a lot of places. What yeah. are some of the favorite your favorite places you've traveled for work? I've gotta say, my voice is so raspy. Why is it for work either? Why can't it be anything? <laughs> well, I want to know for work specifically. And then, oh, okay, fair. Outside I, of work, I think for work, either New Zealand or Spain. Why? New Zealand. There's an island off of Auckland uh, called Wahiki Island, and me and my partner got to be there for two weeks before I started my stint in Auckland. Um, and it's one of the most magical places I've ever been. And it's it's so quiet. It's such a small island. It's like full of vineyards and it's like a beach town. It, it's just, there was something about being there. I was like, I need to come back here fre frequently. I haven't been back since. Um, but it, it just was so magical. And then Spain was just so much fun. Like I, we were in a Valencia, Spain for, we were usually in a city for two and a half months. Um, and getting to is that live. how long like a typical show is yeah okay yeah and uh living in spain like european culture like i just love it i love it so much i haven't been to i've been to italy for like two days and i haven't been to greece and i know that those two are going to be my favorite um hoping don't get started on greece when you here. go when you we don't have enough time <laughs> when you go to greece i'll give you any recommendations and i'll connect with anybody you need to know Great. that is i'm fully greek um, perfect but yeah it's unbiasedly the best place in the world yeah um, for sure unbiased <laughs> <laughs> sorry continue yeah no I, I really want to I want to do both and I, my best friend is Greek and Italian and she just I mean speaks so highly of all of that yeah. so I just I know that's where I, I want to 
I want to be. Well, next. when you get out there, happy to happy to send any recommendations yeah, you need. Perfect. Um, besides work, is there anywhere that you've been that um, stands out? I mean, not really. Um. <laughs> well, Greeks and well, Italy I guess now. Well, I guess a yeah. lot of your, but a lot of your travel must be yeah. with work, right? Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, is like that's why I had asked why it has to be with work because even though you're traveling for work, like you're still you're almost getting to live like like that time there. So you're like yeah. what half work, half yeah. tourist. I, I, the, I guess the question should have been more: Where's the best like your best city that you love to perform in? Okay, and then where's the best place you like to? Because okay. okay. if you think when sports and dancing so is a sport. You're the crowd, the energy. Like I know. Yeah, okay, got it. Yeah, I right? understand what you're saying. So, for example, you ask maybe a basketball player where's the best place to play. They're gonna say, oh, Madison Square Garden. Right. True. Right. Right. Whereas you know maybe New York. So is there, I guess somewhere yeah more passionate about. Yeah. So where do you like to perform? And then we had the answer on traveling. Yeah. So. I mean, Spain's audience is very so Spain is just the goat. That's yeah. it. <laughs> we would go. Our last show of the night sometimes would be at. 9.30. So you did multiple shows a night? Sometimes, yeah. Okay. Um, and so we'd get out at like 1 a.m. And then... It's boozy time. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> everyone's up. It's so crazy. Couple like Cottage Springs. Yeah, you it don't was... drink Cottage Springs in Europe. <laughs> no, it's a plug, buddy. Get with it. <laughs> Take that back, Cottage Springs. We're going to bring it. We're bringing them to Greece. <laughs> there we go. But no, I, I, honestly, I'm the same way. I love Spain. Yeah, Spain's my favorite so country fun. in the world. My favorite island is Ibiza. My favorite city is Barcelona. Okay. Like in the yeah, world. after after Greece, I would say Spain is probably my second favorite. Tokyo, but Greece, uh, Spain overall, they're very similar in the lifestyle. Um, we've gone like a few, I've been by myself a few times. We've gone a few times. Um, How many just, times you've been to Spain? Eight or nine. Yeah. Oh wow. more. I did uh, so in 2018. I, I took a year off work and did like a sabbatical. And cool. I traveled, backpacked around the world. Um, and I spent the first part of my, like, so I started in August and spent like August, September in Europe and just hopped around and then went around, like I said, the world came back in May and then basically lived out of Greece with wow. a family, a family place there. And biased. then like weekends I would, biased. no, I'm not biased. I'm not saying I actually would like, <laughs> no, no, it was the that, best. That's right here. <laughs> oh, so I would, uh, I basically like, I had you know, I have friends and family that go to Greece in the summers, but that's again, August. So I knew that from like May till August, I was by myself, could do whatever. Right. And I would just like go on Instagram and be like, all right, who's in Europe right now? And I look at, see, it's like May, okay. Friends are in Barcelona. All right, I'll meet you there. I'll drive to right. Athens. Oh, wow. $60 flight to, to Barcelona for it's the weekend. It's so easy once you're over there. Yeah. yeah. And Spain honestly has so, it's it's so cool because there's so many different, like every city and every region is different. Right. Um, I'm not sure how much of you've done, but like for like for me, Barcelona is one of my favorite cities in the world. Uh, but like the South too, like Granada, Valencia school. We did Tomatia in Valencia. Yeah. That was crazy. Um, yeah. It's a big tomato fight in the middle of the street. Oh, I didn't. It's I wild. wasn't there when that yeah, happened. Yeah, it's wild. You think the biggest like tomato? It's in Bunol, Spain. They do the the dump trucks of tomatoes. Wow, disgusting. Like <laughs> actually, it, it seems cool on TV. Do not. It's anyone, a once in a lifetime. Anyone who's going yeah. on going, it is not no. worth it. You smell like absolute <laughs> trash the entire day. Yeah, and, and like, what they don't tell you too, and sorry to cut you off, George, but go. they don't tell you it's an hour, like an hour and a half bus ride from any major city. To this yeah. small little town. At like six in the morning. At six in the morning. All the wine and all the beer you can buy is usually pretty warm. So you're drinking warm, like crappy boxed wine, yeah, red wine at 8 a.m. Waiting for these, 
you know, dump trucks or garbage buckets. Dump uh, trucks. Yeah, dump trucks of to- tomatoes. <laughs> and then it's just like dumb, but it's a free fry. Everyone's just grabbing tomatoes, whipping that. You throw tomatoes at people. It's just the no, town, it's it's mayhem. The biggest thing Wait, about that the town. sounds fun, though. It's, like, it is. it's a once in a lifetime. I would never yeah. do it again, but I'm glad I did it once. Yeah, wow. Do it once, but like then, so it ends at like the, the fight goes for like an hour. So from like 11, the tomato fight goes from 11 to 12. And then the people of the town realize that you smell and stink and they charge you to use their hoses and they just hose you down so then these people charge you like <laughs> five, like five euros yeah. to, get, to spray you down but then you still smell probably you smell terrible and there's and tomatoes then you in places you uh, yeah yeah and it's fun experience spain is incredible besides that yeah um but yeah that was a fun experience but i would never do it again one time i would do it yeah that's it but yeah yeah, well, well, Derek, this is part where we usually start to to wrap things up. Um, what's I know we talked about this a, a little bit at the beginning of the episode, but what else is on the agenda for 2021, 2022? Honestly, I mean, I just got a big audition today that I'm excited about. Can you um, share or no? Uh, no, no, it's okay, just right. a new film that's coming out, I think, next year. Um, another musical. That's kind of, that's actually really all I know. Um but I'm excited to like kind of just keep auditioning, keep working on projects as they come. It's, it's so it's difficult in this industry. Like, unless I have something booked to like necessarily say what's going to happen in the next year or two. Um, but I have my program here and hopefully our live events of my husband's company gets off the ground because of COVID. Um, so just hoping for all of that and, you know, just kind of getting back to real life. Hopefully soon, yeah. Yeah. Do you ever have any, do you have a desire to uh, perform on like Broadway or anything? That's like next. Okay. Yeah, I uh because of the show I did in Vancouver, it was very musical based um and it's it's like of a golden era age of musical um and it was very Broadway heavy and the choreographer has won a Tony on Broadway um and all the the main cast that were in my group were all pretty much Broadway legends it was it was the most insane experience um and that kind of sparked a different fire in me um so I plan on going to New York in the fall to start getting my feet in the door out there. Um, I luckily do have quite a few great connections um, out there. That doesn't mean anything, but at least kind of getting in the right rooms and stuff. And then just, yeah, hopefully within the next year or two, um, audition as much as I can for Broadway and hope that that happens. So that's like phase three of the career, I guess. Like, yeah. Yeah. Jeez, that's insane like <laughs> six years younger than us and then a phase like i'm I'm very excited to see what the future has as well so it seems Thank like you. you have like done a lot so far and i'm sure you have quite a few doors left to open yeah hopefully yeah <laughs> love that uh we've got two questions we always ask every guest do you know them or no no okay perfect um 90 percent 99 percent of guests don't know, know right them. someone might might know maybe someone told them i don't know um the first question if there was a movie about your life who would you want to star as you could be anyone from any point in time. I've actually been asked this before. Really? Yeah, but... uh That's crazy. They're ripping off the pals' questions. God. <laughs> Guess people do listen to the end. Maybe they do. <laughs> um, I don't... Um, I, I like Ryan Gosling, and he's Canadian. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. That's so weird. In my head, dance. I was just thinking that. <laughs> he can dance. Like, he grew up dancing. He's cool. Have you seen yeah. the videos of him as a kid? Dancing on, like, uh, like a Mickey Mouse Club and stuff? Yeah. La La Land, yeah. Yeah. He's just cool. He's cool. Yeah. He's cool. Yeah. Very yeah, cool, dude. I think he'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good one. 
Uh, last question. If you could give your, if you could give one piece, <laughs> I forgot my question. If you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? Um, start singing younger and like keep your mind open to every opportunity that presents itself and work your ass off. (laughs) Not that I haven't, but just like always keep pushing and just always keep growing and learning because you can always learn more. Love that. It's great advice. Love that. There Um, you go. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Honestly, it's a, it's a pleasure to chat and we always say we want to chat with interesting people and Although I personally didn't know much about dance, I, I feel that I, I learned a lot. And same thing with our audience; I'm sure they will too. And yeah, first first dancer, you're a for, career, literally a first career dancer. dancer. Amazing. I've had a lot of dancers in my life, just based off uh, partners and and people I, I've met, and you know, George's sister and a lot of our friends. But I've never really sat down and sp- I had a good conversation about it, other than the fact that I know the you know the funny <laughs> movements mean contemporary. Uh, other than that, I knew nothing. So it's, we appreciate you coming on, taking yeah. the time to sit down with us, and uh, and yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Anytime. If people want to find more about you, what you're doing, all the amazing things, where should they go? How can they find you? Every handle is pretty much the same. Derek Piquette. Keep it simple and easy. D-E-R-E-K-P-I-Q-U-E-T-T-E. Love it. Love it. We'll, we'll make sure we put it in the uh, in the comments. Uh, but yeah, thanks for coming on. And until next time, if you made it to the end, don't forget to subscribe. Give Derek a follow on Instagram, social media, and all that fun stuff. And that's it. Signing off, pals. Cheers. See ya. You like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain. And I don't remember all of my mistakes and every I got alone. No one thing. You're not alright. I'm not alright.